Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Let me quickly go to the scripture. This is the Lord teaching in Matthew 6. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give, everybody say when, when, not if, but when. Uh, don't announce it with trumpets and you know have the band play when you're giving an offering as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. But truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. I love the King James uh, says, I'm in that next verse uh, booth there. Uh, I love how the King, the new King James says, we'll reward you openly. And that's where I got our, our theme for this 21 days. Uh, verse five, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So he goes from giving to prayer. And he says, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, Go to your room, close the door, pray to your father who's unseen, then your father who sees in secret will reward you. And the new King James said, will reward you openly. Verse 16, I'm skipping down. Um, it says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, that will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who's unseen, your father who sees in secret, will, let's read that together, will reward you openly. Turn to your neighbor say, there's a reward for you. Tell your second favorite neighbor, there's a reward for you too. That was a joke. I know we love everybody. God bless you. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Let's give the band a great big hand today, the worship team. Uh, I want to honor our dream team and our kids' church team and our production team and everybody that makes Sunday so wonderful around here. I'm so grateful. Um, you know, the uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we have the Lord's Prayer, and um, uh, it, that was kind of that area that I skipped through. And um, the Lord tells him, he says, when you pray, pray like this. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he goes through, he gives us this day, our daily bread. Goes through um, the, the Lord's prayer there. And what's interesting to me today is that the disciples never asked the Lord, um, hey, Jesus, how do we do that thing where you cast out the devils? They didn't ask him that. They never came to the Lord and said, hey, can you show us how to multiply bread and fish like you did there? They didn't ask him that. They, you know, Peter, when he caught that fish, George, with the money in his mouth, like I would have been like, Jesus, tell me how to do that. Like, it was cool that we caught the fish because we could eat the fish, but like the cash was cool too. Could you 
You guys know that story? Y'all are looking at me like, is that a thing? Yeah, preach, okay. So I will because we're getting close to April, and the reason was he had to get tax debt. So he, he's, and the Lord said, go catch a fish. That's what I mean, that your tax debt is in that fish's mouth. That was another sermon. Apologies to the Promesa group back there. That was not in my notes. But uh, anyways, they never asked Jesus, how do we catch fish with coins in their mouth? But they saw Jesus pray, and they saw the connection that when Jesus woke up, he went away to the mountainside privately to pray before the hustle and the press of the day. And when he came back, we go out for ministry. Demons are cast out. Sick are healed. Fish and bread are multiplied. We catch fish with coins in their mouth. People are raised up from physical ailments. Diseases of all kinds are healed. We preach and prophesy and people are saved. And they made the connection between prayer and the miracle. And so they didn't say, Lord, teach us to do all those things. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus comes back with, when you pray, pray like this. When you give, give like this. When you fast, fast like this. And we saw last week, I don't want to re-preach the message. You can catch it on podcast if you wanted to. But um, I, the reason why we're calling this a secret cord equals an open reward is because Ecclesiastes chapter 4 tells us that a threefold rope is stronger than a single fold, uh, fold rope or a cord. And we know that's true. Like if there was a single strand cord or a rope, I might be able to pull out a pocket knife and kind of cut my way through it. But if that thing is woven three times, I'm not going to cut through that with any old pocket knife. There's some strength on that thing. And that's what the scripture was teaching us is to reinforce in fact, in, within uh, that chapter, it was telling us really about the power of having uh, um, godly people in your life, a brother, a sister, a friend, somebody that can kind of weave your life with, and that way when you're weak, there's strength in that. But Jesus taught us there's power when we put all three of these things together from prayer and fasting and giving. And just like I said before we were seated, Jesus told them, he said, you know what, there's some things that's not going to happen in your life until you overlap prayer with fasting. And I'll tell the church today, there are some things that God already wants to do in your life. There's a reward that God has for you if you will begin to do what God has asked you to do. And if you'll begin to pray, and you'll begin to fast, and you'll begin to believe, God has an open reward for your life. I wonder if anybody believes it in the house. There's a power in that. And, and what the disciples began to realize is that all of those blessings and all of those rewards were the fruit of a root. You realize every fruit has a root? You realize if you cut the root, it ain't long before the fruit begins to die because every fruit needs a root. And I'll tell you, the fruit is what you've written down on that prayer card, that blessing that you're praying for that miracle that you're believing for, uh, maybe it's that promotion at work that you're believing for, uh, maybe it's that thing that nobody else can do and, and the doctor said no and, and everybody else said no, but you're looking for a yes from heaven. I'll tell you, the fruit is the miracle, but the root is the prayers that you're praying on these 21 days. The fruit is the reward, but the root 
is the prayer and the fasting that you're doing on these 21 days. And Jesus said, when you do those things unto me, when you do those things in secret, don't ever forget that your heavenly father, he's seen it. And your heavenly father who saw it will reward you openly. I want to tell you that God has a great reward that nobody else can give you. God has a great harvest that you can't find anywhere else. God has a great blessing that you can't get from anybody else's hand. But I wonder if there's somebody in the house today that says, I'm sowing some seeds. I'm planting some seeds because there's going to be a fruit in my life. There's going to be a reward that God has for me. I'm looking for it. I'm believing for it. I'm praying for it. I'm fasting for it. And I'm going to see it. And so many people, I, I, I've, been, I've just been amazed. I'm amazed every year. This uh, kind of started by something my wife and I began to do before we were leading the church. Uh, we would just kind of start the year out with 21 days of prayer, and we would do that Daniel fast in our house. I remember the first, uh, the first year we did it, I didn't really prepare for it, and I just kind of jumped into it, and I realized I ain't got nothing in the house. It was like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like just kind of ripping through the pantries like, is there, in, is there lettuce in here? Is there, is there carrots? And then I realized we don't really buy too many healthy things. <laughs> and we need to fix that. But um, it's, always been a, it's always been amazing to me to see the church just jump in this with us. And we, we'll have, we're having like 40 people. I, I counted like 50 people one of the mornings here uh, for morning prayer. It was just phenomenal. And I love to see it. And there's so many people are grabbing a hold of it, and it's changing their life. I, I want to tell you today, whatever you're doing for these 21 days, and it might be coming to morning prayer, it might be a fast, it might be somebody saying, I'm going I'm to fast a few of these days, and I'm, I'm going I'm to do water for a couple days, or I'm, I'm going to do juice for a couple days. And of course, I always give that caveat, check with a medical professional and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I'm okay to eat vegetables for a while because Lord knows, like I said, I ate too much between Thanksgiving and Christmas. See, I put this jacket on today, and I was like, I need a couple more weeks of fasting to really button this correctly. So I'm going to wear this on the fourth Sunday. We're going to see, okay? No, I don't know. This, this is a hot jacket. I don't want to wear this too much more. I wore it because it was cold. That was not in my notes either. I'm too comfortable in the 11, but we're moving forward. But here's what I want to say. Don't do this for anybody else. Do it for the Lord and do it for you. Do it for your life. What God has for you. His will, his purpose, his plan, his desires, his blessing, his favor, the things that God has for you. Do it unto the Lord, but do it for yourself as well. And really what Jesus was teaching when he said, do it in secret, you know, uh, go up and pray on the mountainside, go into your closet and shut the door and pray, or, you know, don't let anybody else see you. What he was really saying is, make sure your motives are right. Do it in sincerity. Don't do it to show off for anybody else. Don't do it because everybody else in the church is doing it. Do it unto me and do it for yourself. And, and I just want to dispel to you quickly, there's nothing wrong with doing group fasts or church-wide fasts. You know, the Lord said, go into your prayer closet and pray. We know there's nothing wrong with a prayer meeting where several people come together. In fact, the Lord said there's power in that where two or three are gathered. I'm there in the midst. And, you know, if any two will touch anything on heaven and be loosed on earth, loosed in heaven, bound on earth, bound, all that kind of good stuff. And so we see it all through the Bible where Nehemiah, he called for the whole nation of Israel to fast. Samuel, he called for all of the nation of Israel to fast. Uh, Jonah and the king of Nineveh called for everybody, even the animals in 
um, in Nineveh to fast. Esther called for all of her people to fast. Group fasts are all through the Bible, and we know there's a power in it. What Jesus is saying is make sure your motives are pure. Don't do it to show off for anybody else. And so when you pray, don't get up and try to pray in this flowery King James language of, uh, uh, that's going to impress anybody. And when the offering bucket comes by, don't be you know, kind of flashing the cash so somebody around you sees it. God says, if you do that, the guy that saw it, that's the reward you have. You don't have any reward from me. And when you go around fasting and, and kind of doubled over and moaning and groaning and acting like this is the toughest thing, this is like one of those tough mutter challenges or whatever those are, he's like, that is your reward. He says, wash your face, do your hair, you know, comb your hair, put oil on your face, wash your face, and, and, and don't let anybody know that you're, that you're in this sacrifice, but do it unto me. And if you'll do it unto me, there's a reward openly for you. And in fact, I love that Greek word kryptos, which means inwardly. That Greek word kryptos that we translated secret, maybe another word for it is doing it inwardly. I'm doing it inwardly. I'm, not, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it inwardly. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it for the Lord, and I'm doing it for me. Jeremiah 33 tells us this. It says, call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. How many want the Lord to reveal something to you on these 21 days that you didn't know about before? Does God keep secrets? Yes, he does. And he reveals them to people who call on him. God says, if you do something in secret, is that what he says? I'll show you some unsearchable things. If you seek me in secret, I will show you some secret things, unsearchable, meaning you would not find them on your own. There'll be things that you couldn't do on your own, but God will do in your life. There are things that you'd never find on your own, but God will show you where they're at. There are things that you've been working on and knocking doors for, and God's going to open the door because you called on him. He says, if you call me, I will answer. I just feel like on these 21 days, God has some blessing, God has some favor, God has some doors to open, God has some wisdom, God has some plans that he wants to reveal to his people, but you've just got to call him. Oh, how often do we not pick up the phone and call him? Somebody said, we can do that? You can do that, but you don't need this thing to call on heaven. All you need to do, Jesus said is get in your prayer closet and shut the door. And it don't matter if anybody else saw you. It don't matter if anybody else heard you. All that matters is that you called on his name. I wonder if anybody would call on the name of Jesus in the house today and just say, Lord, I'm hungry for what you have for me. I'm seeking for what you have for me. I'm asking for what you have for me. Amen. Jesus said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. When you hunger for the things of God, he gives it to you. That's what's so powerful about fasting is I'm saying, Lord, I'm not hungry for the things of this world. I'm hungry for the things 
that you have for me. And there's just something about when I, when I shut off maybe uh, some of the distractions and su- shut off some of the screens and shut off some of the devices, all of a sudden my eyes, they're not so filled with all of that and they're seeing what God has for me. And maybe if I'm not shoving my mouth with all the things, all of a sudden I'm getting his word into me. Because Jesus said, I've got bread that you don't even know about. It's the word of God. How many know getting the word in your, uh, the word of God, the bread of life into your life just begins to fill you in a better way. And all of a sudden I'm shutting off some of the voices in my life and I'm hearing the things that God has to say. And all of a sudden I begin to realize that wasn't satisfying me, but the things that God has is what really satisfies me. That wasn't quenching my thirst, but the things that God has is really quenching my thirst. In the 10th chapter of Acts, I'm always not too far away from this story uh, when we fast because I love it, but it's, it's a man named Cornelius. He was a, um, an Italian man, and uh, he, he, the Bible tells us that he was very hungry for the things of God. He knew. He didn't know what it was. He just knew that God had more for him. And I believe I'm talking to some people in the room today. Maybe you're fasting and praying, and you might not even know what it is that God's going to do, but you just know that God has more for you. Would anybody say amen to that? I just believe God has more for me. Maybe I don't know what it is. There's, yeah, there's some things I wrote down. Yeah, there's some things I'm praying for. But there's just I know there's more for me. And there's this man. He was a, he was a, a centurion in the Roman army. He was a Gentile meaning he was not in the covenant of Abraham. And so he didn't have a natural birthright to the things, if you will, of the old covenant. But again, now we're starting the new covenant. It's Acts chapter 10. And so the Bible says that he begins to pray and fast. And it's this secret devotion. Actually, when the angel knocked on his door, he said, I've been in my house fasting and praying these last four days. Days. Now, I don't know if that if he went out and about, I don't know that, but he did say, I've been in my house fasting and praying for 21 days in secret, seeking what the Lord would do in my life. And he didn't know what it was necessarily. He didn't, he didn't necessarily know what it was, but he began to fast and pray to show the Lord that he was hungry for something more in his life. And God responded in a great way. He sent an angel to Cornelius that told him, your prayer has been heard. God is at work in this situation. Gave him this divine plan that he did not otherwise know about. And then again connected him, begins to speak to Peter. Peter goes and preaches to him. And I love this, but the Bible said that as Peter is sharing the gospel with him, before Peter is even done preaching that the Holy Spirit began to fall on that house. And so I just, as a preacher, I just love that. If it would be like the power of God is, so, is, is, is in the house and it's just kind of like, all right, we're done because I don't, we're all right, I don't have any more here because now my iPad closed. I don't have, Peter was like closing his parchment paper up, like, okay, that's it. The Holy Spirit's fallen here. The sermon's done. They said before he was done preaching that the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius, 
all of his family, all of his servants, all of his employees, everybody in the whole house was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Peter was amazed because he thought this was only for the Jewish people. And he says, y'all just received the Holy Spirit like I did. Let's be baptized in water like we were. And so in that moment, God began to do unsearchable things, things that Cornelius didn't even know about yet. God says, Cornelius, you don't even know all of the good things that I have for you. God told Jeremiah, I've got a good plan for your life. I believe that that is God's heart for you today, is that God has blessings that you don't even know about. There are things you've written on your card that you need God to step into, that you need God to touch, that you need God to move. But we serve a God that goes above and beyond what we could even ask, what we could even think. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God that will show you things you didn't even know about. He's a God that will bless you with things you didn't even pray for because that's what God does. He shows you secret things when you pray to him. Oh, I just feel faith rising in the house. How many just want to praise God right now for the things you don't know about? The things you never knew he blocked you from. The things you never knew he did. The things you don't even know that he's doing. But I tell you, they are on the way. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. Yes. All right, I got to keep moving here. second thing I want to show you real quick is that we pray fast and give to draw close. Uh, maybe nobody else sees it, but I'm doing it to draw close to the Lord. You know, um, it said when you go into your prayer closet, maybe nobody else sees it, but God saw it. And, and I don't have time to, to dive into it right now, but um, I, I taught it uh, many times probably, but here's, here's, what, here's why prayer and fasting together are a powerful cord, if you will. Prayer will always connect you to God. I just, I just want to get that out there, so maybe just say amen, help me out. Prayer will always connect you to God. He, he hears you, right? We know that. He hears you when you cry. David said, if I'm low and I make my bed in Sheol, he hears me. If I'm up at the wings of the morning, he hears me. And everywhere in between, he hears me. The Lord is near to all those that call on him. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, he leads me beside still waters. leads me to lay down in gray pastures. And, and, and he's, he's with me. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with you. He hears you. At prayer, he always hears you. Prayer always connects you to God. But here's why prayer and fasting mixed together are such a powerful thing. is because fasting disconnects me from the world. And sometimes I'm so wrapped up in the things of the world that even though I'm trying to connect to God through prayer... He's like, I, I want to pick you up, but you got to shed this weight and sin. And the Bible says, lay down every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Some, sometimes, sometimes God's like, I want to answer that prayer, but you got to lay some things down first. I, I want to pick you up out of that, but you got to move your feet a little bit. Draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you, but you got to walk out of that a little bit. And so that's why prayer and fasting is so powerful together. And that's why when I pray and I fast, I begin to draw so close to the Lord. Because not only am I connecting with Him, but I'm disconnecting with all the mess, all the junk, 
all the doubt, all the fear, all the worries. I'm disconnecting from all the distractions and all the negative voices. And all of a sudden, my faith is high and there's freedom. There was freedom in the worship today. All of a sudden, there's freedom. Freedom to raise faith. Freedom to lift my voice. Freedom to lift my hands. Freedom to walk out. Freedom to be delivered. Freedom to praise His name. Freedom that God has for me. Yeah. And so, so the one time they came to Jesus and they said, uh, they said Lord, uh, the Pharisees, they, they, they were always trying to pick at Jesus and trip him up. And they said, Lord, we noticed that your disciples, they don't fast and pray. Or they don't fast, rather. I'm sorry. They don't fast. I'm so used to in these 21 days saying, pray and fast. Right? They, said, they said, Master, teacher, uh, we noticed that your disciples, they don't fast. Why is that? And here's what Jesus said. And this is a powerful teaching. He said, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. What he was saying is, my disciples, they're close to me right now. They walk with me. They talk with me. They hear my messages. They hear my sermons. Uh, when when, When we go and do ministry, they're with us. But he said, there's coming a day. When I will ascend into heaven and I will go away, and then they will need to fast to get that nearness and that closeness to me again. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like prayer and fasting that will get you into the presence of the Lord. And maybe that's you today that you just need to get. It's been too long since you've been in the presence of the Lord. But I'll tell you, in the presence of the Lord, there's peace There's joy unspeakable. In the presence of the Lord, there's answers for your problems. In the presence of the Lord, there's direction for your life. In the presence of the Lord is everything that you need. There was this moment in time, it was in 1 Samuel chapter 7, and God's people had found themselves in a spiritual drought. Uh, The Israelites had drifted away from God's presence and in fact, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the glory and the presence of God, uh, had been captured by the Philistines, and it was held in their possession for far too long. And, and the people had lost their way, and, and I'm telling you that your direction comes from the altar. Your direction comes from the presence of the Lord. And so they had lost their way, they had lost their direction, they, uh, all kinds of things in the nation and in their lives was unraveling. And there's this young priest who was also a prophet who became a prophet, named Samuel. And he said, enough is enough. He's looking at all of the problems as he began to lead in Israel. And he said, enough is enough. We've got to get the presence of God back. We've got to have revival with God's people. And that's my prayer every single January, is that we get a revival of God's presence. How many know enough things happen in a calendar year that I need recharged, I need refueled, I need revived, I need rejuvenated. And Samuel said, guys, it's time. We got to, I mean, we got to recharge this guy every night. I need my soul recharged. I need my joy recharged. I need peace in my soul recharged. 
I need a rejuvenation. I need a refueling. I need a revival of God's presence. I need a new, ah, I need a new touch. I need a new word. I need a new direction. I need a new anointing. Yes. And Samuel said, guys, the way we're going to do this is we've got to repent. And he brought a message of repentance. Repentance is a Bible word for just a course correction. I've been going this way, and I need to go that way. I've been going this way, and I need to go that way. How many know sometimes I've been going this way, and I need to go that way? Repentance is a course correction. He said, we got to get change the direction here. And he understood the power of fasting. And he said, guys, he got up in front of the nation, and he said, this is not an if you fast. You know, like Jesus, he said, this is a when you fast. And the win is right now. And it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a half-hearted declaration. How many, how many would say amen to, you know, you get into a fast, whether it's a Daniel fast or any kind of fast or whatever else, I think you could just fast like pumpkin pie, and all of a sudden, pumpkin pie is just calling your name. And like, you, you could eat anything else you wanted, but it's like, ah, pumpkin pie, ah, it's like, I haven't had that for years, but like, ah, I've been craving things this week that I haven't eaten in a long time, and I know... I know it's not this. I know it's the it. Maybe it is the. Maybe it's a combination. I don't know. I know it's hell and my stomach. <laughs> Somebody said amen. But how many know is, fasting's not a half-hearted thing? It's not like a one foot in, one foot out. It's like you, you're going all in on this thing. And it was a tangible way showing God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for your presence. I'm hungry for your word. I'm hungry for a touch. We're hungry for revival. And so Samuel, that priest, he got up in front of all the assembly of God's people and he began to pray that powerful prayer. You can read it in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And the Bible says that the Lord began to thunder. Oh, how many would love to see the Lord put thunder on your enemies? Put lightning on your enemies? Just chucking lightning bolts down there. Just, throwing them into confusion, and they gave the Israelites the victory, and the passage gives us this, this faith rise up in us that if we'll pray and we'll fast, God will hear us, and God will send an answer from heaven. They got the power and the anointing and the presence of God back on that day, and in the same way, on this 21 days, you can get your joy back, you can get your peace back, you can get your salvation back. You can get your sanity back. You can get it all. I don't know what the enemy might have taken from you in 2023, but somebody ought to say on these 21 days, I'm getting everything back that the enemy took from me. We're taking ground. We're taking possession. We're taking the reward. We're getting it all back. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Amen, amen, amen. Music come. I got to close. I'm at minute 34. I've got a timer up here, y'all. I got a timer, so Lord is good. I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close though. The last thing I want to say is that His reward is open. We know it's an open reward, but I also want to tell you it's on the way. It's on the way. How many know that the Bible says someday the Lord's going to write? Every wrong. How many know? How many know someday in heaven that he's going to wipe every tear from your eye? It's a beautiful image that someday God's going to make it all right. 
He's a God of making things right. He's the God of making wrongs right. He's the God of bringing good out of bad. He's the God, as Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And, and, and even in the midnight hour, I have faith that morning is coming. Amen. And I, I, I'm bringing this to a dramatic place because I just feel it in my spirit. I, it's not in my notes, but I just felt it to say it in the first service that think about Mary, that God came to her, an angel came to her and said, you're going to have the Messiah. You've never known a man, but you're, you're going to have a child. And she said, how's this going to happen? And even Joseph didn't believe her and she becomes pregnant and has this child and the town was whispering about her. This young girl's lost her mind. She says she's having a baby, and she says this and that, and that don't add up. Naturally, uh, don't add up. And think about this. It's not like when the baby was born, they were like, oh, oh okay, she was telling the truth. No. Jesus didn't do a miracle for 30 years. 30 years, Lewis, people were saying, that girl's nuts. You know what she thinks? You know what she told her husband? She's crazy. And after 30 years, they're at a wedding, and she goes, Jesus, it's time. And the Lord says, Mom, it's not time yet. She goes, no, 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 it's time. I've been sitting on this thing for 30 years. Would you know it when he turns water into wine? They're like, Mary wasn't crazy. That was the hand of the Lord. She wasn't crazy. She was telling the truth the whole time. There are things that you go through, and it doesn't feel right. It feels wrong. I don't have an answer. I don't know why. I'm still fighting this thing. I'm still going through this thing. But I'll tell you, God is the God that someday he's going to wipe every tear from your eye. He's going to answer every question you have. He's going to right every wrong. Oh, somebody ought to help me. He's going to set the captive free. He's going to bring blessing. He's going to bring light into every night. He's the, the, the clouds can't rain for always. But someday, someday, we're going to get to heaven. And the Bible says we're going to take that crown and just throw it at his feet and say, Lord, I don't have any questions any longer. I don't have any tears any longer. There's no untied loose ends. Let me just throw my crown at his feet and worship him. Because he, he made everything right. He made everything right. I, uh, I want to give one last thing here. I want to tell you that reward is on the way. Uh, I, it's most powerfully seen in Daniel here. Daniel, and this is where we get the Daniel fast from. You know what? There's half the room standing. Let's just stand. That'll make me close quicker. Daniel says this. Uh, well, we're going to get to that in a second. How many know about Daniel's fast? We've been talking about it, right? You guys know Daniel's fast. Uh, he says for 21 days, he's going to give 21 days to the Lord. They're in slavery. They're in bondage. They've been taken away from their homeland. They're, they're in bondage and slavery in Babylon. 
And Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar begins to say, you can't worship your God anymore. They make decrees. They're throwing people in fiery furnaces. All kind of stuff is happening. Daniel does this fast twice. He says, for 21 days, I'm not going to eat the meat of this city. He was, actually a, he was actually on the payroll, on staff of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was very impressed with him. He could have ate anything. He could have got anything. But he said, for 21 days, I'm not eating what's in this land. I'm obeying the covenant of God. And I'm not going to eat anything pleasurable. He could have ate meat, sweets, all of it. He says, I'm not eating any of that. He says, it says, no pleasurable thing came into his mouth for 21 days, but just vegetables and water. Because he was showing God, I'm hungry for a breakthrough in this country. There needs to be a breaking. They're telling us we can't worship our God. They're telling us we can't pray to you. They, they've got us enslaved. We just want to go home. We just want to go back to the temple and worship. And the Bible says this, that he began to pray and fast for 21 days. And on that 21st day, the angel shows up and says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I want to get that in your spirit today. From the first day, God heard your prayer. And this angel says, I've come in response to them. How many want an angel to be dispatched from heaven in response to your prayers on these 21 days? But here's the key. Even though it was heard on the first day, he didn't come until the vow was over on the 21st day. Let me see that next verse. It said, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, there was an evil spirit, if you will. There was an evil uh, a stronghold that was over that city. And even though God sent an angel from heaven, it said that that city had this prince of darkness that was resisting the angel of the Lord for 21 days, saying, no, 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 Babylon is under my control. You're not breaking through. Babylon has, has dark power. It's not coming through. And the Bible says that, uh, he says here, he says, resist me for 21 days. Then Michael came to help me. That's another angel. Michael came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So the angel of the Lord is wrestling this prince, this king of the Persian kingdom for 21 days. And at the end of that 21 days, God says, enough is enough. He finished his vow. It's time for the reward. Send the other angel. Send all the power from heaven. Break through this thing. Answer that young man's prayer. Give him the desires of his heart. He sought me for 21 days. I want to add something to his life. I want to reward him openly. I want to give him what he needs. I want to tell you, the same God of Daniel is your God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody ought to just lift up a praise because the reward is on the way. I believe God has a blessing for you in this house. I'm going to give an altar call today and just ask you to come to the front. I'm going to invite my prayer partners maybe to just even come up now. God has something for you. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't even know what it is. But God has something for you. 
Acts 16 and 31, I'm closing right now. Joel chapter 3 says, let the weak say I'm strong. I wonder if you're weak in the house today, would you come to the front, lift up your hands and just say, God's word says I'm strong. Joel chapter 3 says, let the poor say I'm rich. I don't know if you feel a poverty in your finances, a poverty in your emotions, a poverty in your life, a poverty of relationships. I don't know what it is. But the Bible says, let the people come before the Lord and let the poor say they are rich. If you have unsaved children or salvation in your family, why don't you come and quote Acts 16.31 that says, Lord, I thank you that me and my household shall be saved. Isaiah 53 and 5. I wonder if there's somebody that was sick would come and say, Lord, by your stripes, I am healed. I wonder if there's somebody that needs a financial breakthrough would quote Philippians 4 and say, Lord, I thank you because you've supplied all of my needs according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. I wonder if you'd come to the altar today and just begin to lift up your hands and thank God because the reward, it's on the way. It's on the way. I trust in God. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.